You are listening to the In Perspective Weekly Podcast with Bob Branco and Peter O'Toole. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco. This is episode 276 on September 23rd, 2022. With us, of course, friend and colleague, Peter Alchil. Peter, what's going on today? How are you? We're doing fine. Let's see. So on Wednesday in Columbia, it was 98 degrees. Today, the high is 60. There's been a massive cold front coming through the country. We got it yesterday. And tomorrow is supposed to get 86. So, you know, whatever. We're all expecting Missouri to lose Auburn in college football. But beyond that, we're fine. All right. Keep us posted on Missouri. I want to thank everybody for making it possible for In Perspective to be aired. We start out with Raymond Gay, our producer. Thank you very much. I also want to thank the media outlets when they air the program. I also want to thank Tom and Lynn from the Rosie's Place chat line for posting our programs on a weekly basis. And also Jacqueline Sylvia, our website designer from JS Web Solutions. She archives our programs on my website, which is www.brancoevents.com. Thank you, Jackie, for doing that. And I also want to give a shout out to a faithful listener today. I want to say hello to our good friend, Raymond Irving. Raymond, well, thank you very much for listening to the show. It's much appreciated. I'm assuming that many of you who are listening to the show right now are subscribers to a magazine called Newsreel. I'm one of those subscribers, and I appreciate it very, very much. It's very well done, and I want to give kudos and a welcome today to its editor, Erwin Hot. He's back again for another appearance. Erwin, welcome to In Perspective. Well, thanks for inviting me, and I'm always glad to talk about uh, Newsreel. Well, I've been a subscriber now for about five or six years. I'm not positive about that, but that's a rough estimate. And I've enjoyed just about everything that I listen to on Newsreel. It's really, really wonderful. So, Erwin, I'm sorry. So, Erwin, for those of us who are not as familiar with Newsreel as others, tell us what Newsreel is. Well, it's kind of unique. I know that word used a lot, but it's, if some of you remember Playback Magazine, it's sort of in that same vein where the subscribers are the ones who primarily send in the articles. So, for example, at the beginning of October, I knew maybe three or four articles that would likely to be on the October newsreel. But as the month has gone on, articles have come in in many ways, and I've edited a lot of those, and there'll be some more coming in, I'm sure. And I've gone out and collected some articles. I read a lot and listen to a lot of podcasts that sometimes give me ideas what articles to look for, uh, or maybe a newspaper article will trigger something. And we have a reader named Beth Clark who will read some of the printed articles. And she reads those on her iPhone and sends them to me. And I edit those to put on the magazine. So you never know quite from one issue to the next what will be on. So it's very, very unique in that way. So let's talk about last month's issue just for sake of conversation. Yeah, what, kind yeah. of art- what kind of articles were included in the last month issue to the best of your recollection? Yeah, well, there usually are between 50 and 60 articles. 
So most are relatively short, but we do sometimes have longer articles. One of our subscribers last month, for example, did, I wouldn't call it a demonstration, but more a review of the Blind Shell 2 phone. He talked about what the buttons did, went through some of the menus, and then put the contact information on for three of the vendors at the end of his article. And that got a lot of response. There's a monthly column called Kitchen Corner, uh, which Robert Wegner from Texas does. And that succeeds a Kitchen Corner that went on for many, many years by Maggie Nettles. So the, the article continues. I think in September, he perhaps talked about leftovers. The magazine runs together in my brain from month to month. So, But in uh, October, for example, getting ready for holidays, he talks about uh, making turkey stew. And I know I usually do something with turkeys, turkey for Thanksgiving, sometimes turkey and dressing, but this turkey stew sounds pretty good. So I may try that for uh, the... Uh, for the November, the October issue. I may try it in November. And, and what other types of issues? You, know, you said there are 50, approximately 50 articles per issue. What, what, what other topics are covered in general terms? Yeah, you- in general terms, many are blindness or disability related, but not always. We seem to be running into a string of jokes that people are sending in and that we generally have more jokes in the April issue, but we've gotten more this year. So I, I know there are a couple in this uh, October issue coming up, and we do put on clean jokes. Whether people think they're funny or not is something else. But That's up to us. Yeah, that's up to you guys. And I, <laughs> I try to pick jokes that, at least to me, seem fairly funny. I guess since I'm the editor, I'm kind of allowed to do that. But I try to pick not only the jokes, but articles that I think will be interesting to a majority of the listeners. Uh, And that, of course, covers a wide range of things. One of the articles on this October issue will stir up some discussion, I'm sure. And that is uh, Bo Jane Heap sent in an article. And she talks about apparently in some places, the Postal employees are not picking up cartridges or NLS players to return back to the post office to go where they're supposed to go. And that, of course, can cause a problem if you need your talking book player replaced or if you're sending a cartridge or even perhaps a Braille letter to somebody. The rule apparently, and I've not seen the rule, the rule apparently allows the postal workers not to take those items. Well, it sounds like, Erwin, the connection with all that is free matter. Are they having a problem with free matter all of a sudden? That's the law. Well, there apparently is some postal regulation, as they say, I haven't seen it, that allows the carrier not to pick things like that up. Now, whether that's really true or not, or what the text of that is, well, Jane says in her article that if the postal carrier knows you, they may be very likely to pick up the stuff, but if they don't know you, they they may not. So I think that might open a can of worms as far as the ADA is concerned. Well, it may, but I've heard this from a couple other people and I will probably, before I put the article on, call my uh, state library and see what, if anything, they know 
about that. So it's not definite that that article will be on, but most likely it will. And if we could get some sort of explanation beforehand, uh, that would be really nice. So it's it's a wide variety of things. There's one article coming up in October with a guy. It's very short, but he talks about his 10-day vacation. And so you never quite know what you're going to hear, which I think is what's so unique about the uh, newsreel. It is mostly in the voices of the subscribers. And right, that is- because we, we use our audio programs. I know when I send you articles, Erwin, it's usually through Audacity. I have Audacity on my computer. Right. And that's how I create the files that I send to you. I also appreciate the health updates that we receive from people who have had problems with their health. They give us updates, and a lot of them are feeling better and so forth. Yeah. That's nice to hear. Yeah. And we get when they they feel better. Yeah. We get articles in a variety of ways. We still have a few people who send cassettes in, and we're still putting Newsreel out on cassette, but I don't know how much longer that will last. But more and more of the articles are coming in either by voicemail, which is okay, except that some of the cell phone quality is just abysmal these days. Yes, I agree. Some of those are just not usable. And it can be anything from sometimes I don't think people know where their microphone is on whatever they're using to call in or it gets covered up by clothing or there's a lot of background noise. And that can be really bad. What would be Uh, your advice to your subscribers in that regard? If you can, to the recording. Most voicemail programs will allow you to listen back instead of just immediately sending the message. But keep the background noise level down to a minimum if you can, and make notes ahead of time of what you want to say. So I do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of edits per issue, but that all takes me time. So if I need to sit there and edit a five-minute telephone message down to two, I can do that. And I do do that all the time, but it takes me a lot of time to do that. So think about what you want to say in your message ahead of time, make some notes, try to uh, try to stick to what you want to say. And if you make a mistake, just correct it, especially on cassettes these days. The cassette recorders are absolutely terrible. So it's virtually impossible to edit or start and stop within a cassette recording because the level changes. Some of your words get covered up. I had a case in this October issue where somebody gave their address and phone number and probably had to stop and start in the middle of it. So some of it was unusable. So I actually went back to the previous a, a previous issue and picked up the address and phone number and copied it in in place of what was in the initial recording. So, so you talked about this. I'm sorry, keep going. Yeah. So it's do the best you can. And if you need help, you know, I'm always glad to help with suggestions and advice. And because I want to get the best sounding magazine I possibly can. So talk about you, you, you've talked about this already. I'm sort of curious. How do you edit? So you get all these different uh, sound snippets, right. as you will. And how do you, how do you how do you bring them together to to form this to to form one individual issue? I'm primarily using SoundForge, and that overall works pretty well. I find I'm actually using 
I have Windows 7 on the computer, and I'm actually using SoundForge 9. I find with <clears throat> versions with 10 and 11 and 12 there, and I've not found any solution for it, that sometimes SoundForge doesn't think the cursor is where I think it is. And when I mark something and hit delete, it deletes the wrong thing. And that's really frustrating. And I haven't been able to get any help in solving that from SoundForge, so I'm not sure what the problem actually is. Uh, it's not the speech program, because I have actually gone in and edited with speech turned off, and I don't have any change to that problem. So, but basically, SoundForge is what I use. I started using that way back in, what was, I don't know, version 4.5. We actually started making the master on the computer back in 2003. Uh, before that, we actually were using an open reel recorder to make the master and four tracks on a 10-inch um, reel of tape, which for editing purposes was nice, but boy, the computer is so much better. Yeah, I would, I, I, would think, I would think so. So how did this whole thing get started? I mean, well, before I even go there, uh, talk about what you were doing before you started uh, doing SoundForge. Uh, SoundForge. Start, start doing this magazine. Well, I worked for, what was it, 11 years at the, what was then the Central Ohio Radio Reading Service, which is now Voice Corps, worked in the control room. And I was actually one of the founders of Voice Corps back in 1975. I had been interested in audio ever since I think I was about 10 years old and got my first tape recorder. And it was an old Sears uh, tape recorder that ran on seven inch reels. And for those of you who remember open reel tape recorders, it actually had the take up reel on the left side instead of the right side. So it was kind of backwards. And I got very good. The rewind belt would continually fall off. So I got very good, very quickly at taking it apart and fixing it. So I have fixed things to some degree of success over the years and had had more fun with that tape recorder and recording in general. And then my grandfather had a radio tape network in the South and mostly in Alabama and Mississippi that went out on open reel tape. And I got involved with helping him somewhat with that. And that's how I learned to listen to things at high speed because his open reel duplicators would run at uh, double speed. So I got very good at listening to things at double speed and uh, Donald Duck was alive and well. And of course, would speed up the talking book records. And uh, of course, now speeding things up is easy and is far better. But that got my interest in radio and recordings and then the chance came along to work at the radio reading service in the control room. So that's where I worked for 11 years. So a lot of running the mixing board and recording and helping volunteers who came in to record. And it was, that was a fun, fun job. And in, oh, I think probably 1985 or so, I got involved with Stanley Doran, who was actually the one who founded Newsreel. Your predecessor. Right. And... <laughs> So you met, right. Stan, met Stanley somehow, and uh, right. so talk, but, talk about that. Right. Yeah. I just, sorry, I had to stop that, the call. That's okay. Um, that's fine. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah. Met Stanley. Well, I think I met him in the mid-70s, probably, when I was 
perhaps, uh, well, even before that, I suppose. But in the 60s, I was thinking about getting a guide dog and talked to pilot dogs. And what they wanted to do then was give me a puppy and have me raise it. Then they'd take that dog back and train it. Well, I didn't know anything about raising dogs and I didn't want to wait that long. So that was something that wasn't going to work for me. So I think that was probably the first time I met Stanley. And then again, I think in the, uh, oh, mid, uh, 1973-74, something like that. And uh, then the voice core thing came along and I got involved in that in uh, 70, late 74. Um, I should add here that I actually did go back to the scene. I got my first dog in 1968, the summer class. And it was my uh, my last year, senior year in high school. So I've had the fun of walking to school, just like all the other kids, with my guide dog, and I loved it. So that was that was, and I've had six dogs, all German Shepherds, since that. But in uh, um, mid eighties, then I think it was in eighty five, I really got involved with. Newsreel. Stanley had started that in 1958 as a way for pilot dog graduates to keep in touch. So they started exchanging three inch reels of uh, tape. People would send in questions and Stanley would answer them. And then it became apparent that if one person had that question, other people did. So Stanley started copying the answers that he sent out and sending them out to other folks. And that's kind of in their short story how newsreel started we don't have much in the way of history unfortunately since until the mid 80s when i very startedly started quietly saving the uh, master cassettes that went out for each issue because i thought hey there's stuff here that 20 years down the road or whatever people not may not know about so and and that's where you give us the memories right the newsreel memories in memory of so and so right you get yes. those from the masters yes primarily yes i do and then i have been putting on and it's it's partly um i have been recording older issues of newsreel so i've been going back and recording issues for example from 1992 and these are from the four track master cassettes and that recording process is an interesting one too but I have been featuring things I think might be of interest on some of the issues 30 years later. So that that's kind of kind of interesting to to do, but I got involved first I think going out to Stanley's house and helping duplicate and a couple times did help repair the duplicators and then in 86 Stanley originally newsreel was done on Stanley's kitchen table with the whole family helping out. And eventually he moved downtown to uh, Five East Long Street and an actual office. And that was in 86. And that's when I started getting more involved, pretty much as a volunteer, started helping with the editing and just loved doing that. And would Stanley would do some editing, I would do some editing, and eventually somehow an issue would come out. And back then, of course, it was really pretty much all on cassette. And we had a box of, oh, I remember a box of almost 100 cassettes sometimes. And 
the process was you'd pick out a cassette, you'd edit it onto the master cassette, and then you'd move on to another cassette. And there wasn't too much organization as to all the sale items were together in one place or whatever. So uh, as I started doing it more, I started making a list of the tapes and my Braille and speak actually. And so I could kind of plan to put tape one along with tape 22 and tape 44 or whatever, because I would give each tape a number. So I tried to bring some organization to things. And I think over the years that has succeeded pretty well and did more and more editing. And then Stanley retired in 1997. So I took over all the editing and Stanley passed away in 1999. So I've been basically editor ever since. And it's part-time. I love it because I can pretty much, except toward the end of the month, set my own hours. Uh, I do some editing here at home, but most of it I do in the downtown office just because it's quite frankly easier. I think it's important to mention too, Erwin, that many of your subscribers, myself included, receive the magazine on flash drive. You pop it into the USB, you listen to it, and, you know, and then uh, get back to it later if you don't finish it now. Right. We do. We still do cassettes. We're down to very few, so I'm not sure how much longer we'll do them. And, of course, if the duplicators fail, then that might be the end anyway. But we're doing the NLS-type cartridge. We can do a flash drive. We can do a download from our website, and we also do some on CD. They're all the same magazine, just in different formats. How many subscribers would you estimate right now that Newsreel has? Uh, I'd guess six or 700 at this point. I'm not exactly sure, but something in that ballpark. You have people overseas? A couple, yes. Uh, we used to have, I don't think we have anybody in Saudi Arabia anymore. Um, we used to have a lady in Australia, and I think she passed away. But yeah, we have a few people in Canada. We have one person in the UK. I know we have at least one person in Japan. And obviously, if you become a subscriber, there must be some news involved. Yes. Essentially, it's $20 for the first year. And that's typically 12 issues. And that's regardless of format. And then beyond that, for download, after the first year, it's 25 For cassette, it's 30 for read and return cassette, it's 50. Uh, for the CD version, it's 40. This may sound like a silly question, but why would it be more if you're returning the item than if you're not? It's, it, uh, if I made a mistake there, it's 30 if read and return and 50 if you keep it. Okay. Sorry. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. So you've been, you've been doing this magazine for a long time, more than 30 years, it sounds like. Right. Yeah. Almost. almost yeah, almost 40 years, really. Yeah, 80, 86 is really when I got involved. Yeah, so we're, we're talking more than 35 years. God, yeah. that's a long, it's a long time. I, you know, I'm trying to think where I was in 1986. I think I was at the IRS causing trouble, but that's another question. Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, so um, how, how have the topics that, that, that are being discussed changed 
or not over the past 35 years? What what might you have heard in 1986 that you don't hear in 2022 or, or that, that you might hear the same thing or in different guys or something? Yeah, a lot of it, amazingly, when I go back and listen to some of the old issues, a lot of it has not changed. Now, of course, the technology has changed tremendously. Excuse me. So, but there's still people who are looking for friends, uh, either just because they want to find somebody they knew years ago, or maybe for relationships. Um, we have somebody who just announced on the uh, September issue their no specific dates yet, but their upcoming marriage, and that's happened a few times on Newsreel over the years. So a lot is the same. A, a lot is different. There's still, of course, there's more discussion now about safety when out walking because you just the drivers are not as careful as they used to be. Uh, the audible traffic signals certainly help, but there are no guarantee. As I remind people, the audible traffic signal only tells you that the light has changed. A lot of people say it tells you it's safe to cross. Don't don't think so. It tells you the light has changed. It's still your responsibility to listen to the traffic and judge when to cross. And especially if you have a guide dog, that's a great help to uh, travel and get places because you have that extra layer of uh, watchfulness. So, so I assume there's still lots of topics about guide dogs and how do you do certain things and uh, when, when the ADA came out and the and uh, was passed in 1990, was there, was there a lot of talk about that back then and is the ADA come back into play now? Yes, Moral. I think I think it has to some extent. There was a lot of talk back then. Uh, people were very happy about it in many ways, but you know we're anticipating problems, some of which didn't come about. There's been discussion on quiet cars, and that seems to be coming back. We had a couple comments in that in September, I think, and we'll have probably a couple more in October. Because the quiet cars were supposed to, at one point, you guys, we all remember how they were supposed to make noise. Well, that seems to have kind of disappeared. So well, yes. the electric cars come out. Yeah. More often. Right. Yeah. And uh, you sure can't hear them. It is. Oh, and you know, it's worse. This is off the topic are those scooters that people use on the sidewalks that come <laughs> zipping by you. And it's like, guys, I'm, on, I'm allowed to be on the sidewalk, too. Well, yeah. they don't care. You know. Or, or tripping over them. Yeah, that that's true too. And I've done that. I mean, there was a couple of weeks ago. There was somebody who left their scooter right in the crosswalk. Yeah, I've I've kicked my share too with my guide dog. So I, yeah. yeah, and it's on them, not you. Well, it's actually on. Yeah, well, it's. A, I mean, if yeah. you want to leave your vehicle in the middle of a sidewalk for, and then a blind person comes by and doesn't know it's there, you know. The, the, actually, the problem is it's not it's not theirs. It's the it, it's the it's the the a company that they rent the scooter from and they're supposed to leave the scooters in a certain place and they often don't but this is another conversation for another the conversation well yeah. it's similar it's similar to litter if you get my point yeah no you're, you're supposed you're right. to throw things away when you don't need them anymore, when you don't use them anymore or whatever but you leave them on the sidewalk so yeah. what, what, what one quick question before we we throw it open to the audience when COVID happened how did it impact the way newsreel was was reacted to or read or how, how did that how did that change Actually, not actually not too much. I was determined to keep the issues coming out. They were needed more so, probably too. Uh, excuse in me. In that circumstance, um, 
Yeah. And there were so many people who were just so happy to be getting the newsreel because they weren't getting their library books there. Uh, they weren't getting other materials. So I uh, managed to get an issue out every month. I did have lots of help, which I really appreciate. Kate, our director, helped a lot, and we had some other volunteers who helped quite a bit. So we managed to get pretty much all the issues out on time, which I was real happy about. I was much more careful. I still took the bus to and from work, but was, you know, as I think most people, much more careful about touching things and did wear a mask all the time. And luckily, I have not gotten COVID, so I'm very happy about that. But I was determined to, one way or another, keep Newsreel going out, and I'm, I'm glad that I did. I think that's a noble service and an important service. And what were the, what were the topics being talked about? Was there a lot of talk about look, you know, taking care of yourself in COVID and being a blind person in COVID? Were, was, was that a hot yes, topic? Yes, it was. There, there was a lot of discussion from people who, who got the uh, booster shots and their reactions and such. There has not been a lot concerning COVID and why you shouldn't get your booster shot and that kind of thing. And, you know, I try to stick to things on Newsreel that are factual, so I'm not going to get into a whole lot of discussion about many of those items that I don't think are really appropriate. We'll talk about that maybe there's time. Go ahead, Bob. You're listening to In Perspective. I'm Bob Branco, and he's Peter Alchel. And our guest for today is Newsreel editor Erwin Hott. And now it's time to open up the program to our participants. Raymond, if you're there, you can let us know if anybody has their hands raised so that they can ask Erwin a question or two. Ray? Okay, my apologies. Um, We have... um, Agnes, you are up first. How, how, many then, hands, how, many, how many hands do we have raised right now, oh, Ray, just for my amusement? Give us, give us a So far, I three, I believe. Okay, so let's let's do these three. And so we'll, we'll start with Ann. We'll start with Agnes and then go to Annie. Okay. Hi, this, this is Agnes Ferris from Greeley, Colorado. And hi. Yeah, I, hi, I um, got familiar with Newsreel at age 11 when I was at Pilot Dogs training with my first guide dog under a special program for children and Stanley was my trainer. And one of the things that he did when he was working as a trainer at pilot dogs is he would interview all the classes. And so you got to hear who was in class and it was neat because sometimes you'd hear about, you know, classmates that maybe you weren't in touch with that had come back for another dog, or sometimes you'd hear about people on the newsreel or people would be on the newsreel that you knew from other situations. And he was also very active with the Pilot Dog Alumni Association, and they have a convention, well, every year pretty much, and he would go to the conventions and put pieces of that on the newsreel. And then at the banquet, he'd always walk around the room and and talk to everybody who was there and ask them to say something. And I know the newsreel readers definitely did appreciate that. Thank you, Agnes. And have Thanks, you been, Agnes. Have you been mm-hmm. listening, listening to newsreel ever since, since you're 11 years old? Uh, off and on. I've been a subscriber. Okay. Oh. Terrific. Thank you, Agnes. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Annie, I think you're next. Annie? Annie? All right, we'll come back to Annie. Phone number Annie 878, you are up next. Phone number ending in 878. Hi, this is Alice, and I first listened to Newsreel back in 1984. And after a friend loaned me a few cassette issues of Newsreel, I started a subscription to Newsreel in 1985, and I have been a continuous listener ever since and a big advocate for Newsreel. I really thank Irwin very much for all of his wonderful work in editing the magazine for us, as he said, sticking with it through COVID and keeping those issues coming to And, of course, the executive director, Kate, is just absolutely a wonderful executive director. She keeps us all cheery and and is so good about working with everyone through the office of Newsreel. And some of my favorite parts of the magazine, of course, there's such a variety, as Irwin said, but each month, Nolan Crabb, who some people will remember and associate with Dialogue magazine of years ago, puts forth a wonderful book review each month on Newsreel. And some names who people here will will know, Linda Lambert almost always provides a poem or a reading as an article in each month of Newsreel. Carol Farnsworth does also. And so... Irwin tends to group those items together along with Abby Taylor and Annie, who's on this call, so she'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But there's that literary value to Newsreel also. But years ago, when I first started listening to Newsreel, of course, I always knew there'd be a guide dog in my future, but back in those mid-'80s, I did not yet have a guide dog But making that connection with Newsreel members who had guide dogs, it was very informative to me and made me better prepared when I first went to Leader Dog School. So I always appreciate Newsreel for that. But it's just connecting with individuals and getting to know those people through the years and keeping in touch with them or just knowing the voices that we hear through these many years We always speak about a newsreel family, and one really gets that sense the longer that one is a member of newsreel, but just such a wide variety of articles and that someone may begin a topic related to Braille and it'll go on for a few months, and then we go on to something else, and topics will change from month to month, but Throughout all of these years, Newsreel has keenly kept my interest in the magazine. I would never think of not subscribing to Newsreel. It's just such a part of my life and allows me, even though I come in contact with many people who are blind and visually impaired and so forth, just allows me to hear the voices of people of different ages from different parts of the country and even of the world, sharing their thoughts, not only about blindness-related topics, but other topics as well. And it helps us all to grow and learn, and 
Again, thanks, Erwin. We appreciate so much what you do. And thank you, Bob and Peter, for allowing me to say a few words here about Newsreel that I just find so very special. Thank you. Annie, You're uh, welcome. Alice, Alice, before you go, uh, you mentioned a bunch of names uh, as part of your uh, comments. Apart from the fact that they're all newsreelers, what else do they have in common? Well, I could go on with other names that I'm just thinking here now also that I was to mention, but I knew of people through Newsreel before I ever met them in other groups with which I later became associated. And so almost as if we knew each other's voices before we ever became later acquainted and did work together in different organizations. Annie, Annie, Alice, you are, you are failing my question. I'm trying to give you a, a publicity a publicity thing. Okay. All these, all they're all authors. authors. They're all authors and they're all part oh, of yes, our eyes. All our eyes. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, and Irwin is so kind to us and lets us talk about our books when they come out and lets us give our little bit of publicity about our books so that other newsreelers can read our books and pass along the information. And we authors do appreciate that. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Alice. Okay. I hear Annie's voice, um, so, Yeah, uh, I am back. Okay, so Annie will Annie. go with you, and then Sharon is after her. Sure, thanks. So, Erwin, this is great to hear you talk about uh, newsreel. I've been a newsreeler since the late 90s, and I got on Newsreel because I felt isolated. You know, I just lost my vision. I didn't know any other blind people. I didn't know how to do this blindness thing. And Newsreel was instrumental in helping me acclimate to um, to living without the benefit of sight. So I want to thank Newsreel and everything you do because it really does help people no matter where you are on this journey of blindness. And I also wanted to mention the Waxworks and Tom D'Agostino. I always really enjoyed that, and I'm really happy that you're bringing back some of the previously recorded content, because I think a lot of those recordings that he brought to Newsreel are probably, you know, not easy to find. And so I really enjoy that track when you put it on. So thanks. Thanks. the Waxworks with Tom D'Agostino, and we had a couple other folks, Jerry Gabrielli, <coughs> who sent in recordings, maybe from the 20s or the 30s or the 40s. Of uh, Tom, I know, had thousands of 78 yeah. records that <coughs> he worked on putting on to open real tape. And he would share those usually once a month with newsreelers. And there are some of those that I'm going back uh, I think I started in maybe 2003 or something like that. We're up to October of 2008, for example, with a recording, I think for, I think he said the 1920s or the 1930s. So glad to kind of share those and maybe bring back some additional memories. Uh, thank you. What a name, Waxworks. Thank you, Annie. Thanks, Annie. Uh, do, we, do we hear Sharon's name? Is that right? Sharon, you are next. Yes. Hi. Hi, Sharon. Can you hear me? Hi. Yeah, yes. So I started Newsreel a while ago and then stopped and came back. And I've been really very pleasantly surprised at the breadth of what's on a Newsreel issue now. Everything from, let's turn off, everything from technology demonstrations uh, to cooking, which I don't care that much about. I think what I appreciate is that 
it lets me know that there's all kinds of blind people out there in houses and apartments, in nursing homes, all kinds of us. And it's just good for me to hear the voices and to remind myself that I'm one of many and that I have skills in some areas that other people don't, and they have skills that I don't. And I just think having that cross-section is really, really helpful to me. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Sharon. Ray, other, other, other hands? Phone number ending in 041. You are next. 041. Hi. Hi, my name is Marta. I'm in Texas. Hey, Marta. Um, hi, Bob. Hi, everybody whose name I don't remember. I just wanted to say that I heard of Newsreel in passing, but I just discovered its website last night. And so I signed up for a free trial. So I have the experience it, but I plan to. And so I came on today to learn more about it. And I was just wondering, I understand that people can, members can submit things. So I was wondering, are there guidelines for what can be submitted to be put on Newsreel? Yes, there are general guidelines. We Where do you keep find it, those? Well, I will send those to you when I send out your first, I don't know if you're getting cartridge or download or what you're getting, but... I signed up for a free trial of downloading it. Okay. Then sometime this week, I will send you a login link, set up your name and password and send you a login link. And that will have the guidelines. And they're they're basic. Most of them are common sense guidelines. You know, keep, keep things clean. If you're right. bringing up something that's controversial, it'll be polite about it. I'll be prepared to, you know, listen to what other people have to say. Uh, most things make perfect sense, I think. So, sure. but they're there in general. Articles are generally three to five minutes long, although we have some longer ones. But be concise in what you're saying. And, and that's where I do a lot of editing, because I know if you're just doing something without many notes, it can be really hard to do. So that's one of the things I do is take out lots of pauses and us and ands and repeats. But sure. you can certainly send in articles in several different ways. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you have an iPhone, that's an ideal way to send in an article as a memo. But there are other ways. So we'll welcome you very much to Newsreel and be glad to hear from you. And don't hesitate to ask us if you have any questions. So I can call or whatever if I have a question. Sure. And, absolutely. Okay. Well, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance and to start this experience with Newsreel. It sounds like a wonderful thing, and I really look forward to being involved with it. We'll certainly welcome you and hope you enjoy it and find something of interest. Thank you, Marta. Thanks, Marta. Uh, we'll talk soon. Ray, Ray do we okay, have other, any other people, Ray? Not at this time. Okay. So if people do raise their hands, Ray, let me know, and I will happily shut up. Um, Absolutely. So, so curious about something. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned controversial topics, and that sort of raises a question for me. Over the past, let's say, 10 years, the whole political thing has gotten much more contentious over the, you know, mm -hmm. throughout our country. And how has that impacted, if at all, the, the content you're getting for Newsreel? 
it really hasn't very much. Uh, I haven't put many of those articles on, not that we've received very many, and I'm not sure how much of that I would put on because you could mm-hmm. certainly open up a whole can of words, could take over an entire issue. And I don't. You're absolutely do correct about that, Erwin. Just pardon me for a second. I'm not sure who's unmuted, but if we can just have Peter and Erwin uh, and Bob unmuted at this time, that would be helpful. So I appreciate that comment, and I appreciate the the uh, the, the fact that you you want to keep content relevant to your listening audience. But how do you make that judgment? What what kind of topics do you generally not include? Well, uh, you know, you're, you're yeah, decisions. where I. I suppose where we have gotten the closest is church-related items because I generally intend, if it's church-related, it really needs to be blindness-related in some way. And that usually works, but but sometimes doesn't. So we have have, um, gotten some people who really want their their church-relation described in detail and what they believe and what they don't. And I tend to mostly try to stay away from that because, again, that is very much like the politics thing. It could just open things up to uh, um, an entire issue just taken over. But if people talk in brief about their religion, that's fine, but tend to stay away from a lot of things that could potentially be controversial. Which I think makes sense, given given my understanding of what your magazine does. You know, it's it's not a political magazine. It's a it's a it's an idea to create a community among blind people and to, as somebody talked about, different skills and sharing different ideas that are primarily blindness related. Is that is right? That a fair That's yeah. a fair thing. Yeah, and plus, I have no idea if you could get into some controversial things that could potentially, I suppose, affect your free matter for the blind mailing privileges. Well, that's. You know, because you can, especially if you get into political stuff, uh, because we are a 501c3. So we have to be aware of that all the time. Aaron, I want to comment on some humorous items that you send us. Yeah. uh, Or what some of your other subscribers send us, like the songs. Last issue, well, the issue I'm reading now featured a song by Weird Al Yankovic. This song is just six words long. It's based on George Harrison's I've Got My Mind Set on You. Right. I thought that was hilarious. There have been others. I remember the Backwoods dude singing Jingle Bell Rock backwards. (laughs) Oh, yes. That was wild. And that only served to prove that if you sing backwards, the best way for you to determine how good you did is if you played what you sang backwards, backwards. Right. And now if it comes out clear frontwards, then you did a great job trying to... interpret how you do it yeah that that whole thing uh, i don't know that it originated this way there was a record back in the it had to be in the late 50s early 60s where that that whole thing started with actually they dropped a pin and lowered the speed many 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 times so it it sounded like a great big symbol or something and they had chickens chirping that they slowed way down i have that record somewhere but i haven't been able to find it and i don't know it actually was on newsreel many years ago but i haven't run across it but it was a neat, neat record erwin where can people find newsreel yes thank uh, the you. website and such yes. and um, subscribing and stuff right the best thing 
is to call us at 614-469-0700 or send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at newsreel, N-E-W-S-R-E-E-L, mag, M-A-G, dot org. Can you repeat that again, just for, for people yeah. to write it down? Yep. Phone is 614-469-0700, or you can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at newsreel, N-E-W-S-R-E-E-L, mag, M-A-G, dot O-R-G. Okay. Next up, we have Cindy. Oh. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Hi. I'm, I'm Cindy from Texas, and... Um, I probably haven't been a Newsreel subscriber as long as some people, probably at least 10, 12, 15 years. But I want to say that everyone just thinks so highly of Irwin. Um, Thank you. And also of Kate, who is the... the, um, executive director sometimes things are in there when they'll have the friendship raffle and when they're trying to raise money for that i'm sorry i can't even talk today but it really makes a difference there's also things besides the interesting things that people think of with newsreel because I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say, oh, well, I just never want to hear my that it's almost time for my newsreel to come in. Everyone loves it being time for the newsreel. Well, thanks. And, and we do we do start to get calls when it hasn't arrived within the first week if it's done by mail. Right. And there's some things that are uh, real, if really important to people. There's a widow's group, people that have lost their husbands. And I'm sure it it can be from the widowers group. Uh, there's there's all sorts of things like that that people can listen to or remember. Or if they can't remember, they can call Erwin or someone and find out what was this situation. And how can it help me to go through whatever um, whatever situation that I'm going through and why? So not only is newsreel a, um, a something that um, helps people, people enjoy it, but it also allows people to find something that they can uh, find that might help some place in their in their situation. And if my wording is a little bit, um, I have really had to deal with some of these in a lot of ways. 
because we have found some things that possibly I am looking into some some dementia. And I go back to UT Southwestern in Dallas in December. It may, it may help, but we might find something would help other people as well. And so I feel like it's, it's a really, really deep, informative, helpful thing that people can find to help each other. Well, thanks. We try to do that. We try to share as much information as we can. You know, Cindy, Cindy, your comment reminds me of the fact that I've never we been have involved. one minute, people. I've, I've, one I've, minute. Never, I've never been involved with Newsreel before. I've just been too busy or whatever. But sure. one of the things that always interests me is that when, when I used to go to ASP conventions in person, Newsreels was one of the, was one of the biggest events, mixers that there was. People absolutely were passionate about it. And it was just awesome to, to watch. You know, it wasn't my kind of community necessarily, but it was a great group of people to sort of talk about how wonderful that magazine was and what a great community it built. And so I think Erwin, you you need to be congratulated for doing what you're doing. It's a it's a great it's a great thing. Erwin, I echo Peter's sentiments. And thank you, by the way, Cindy. Erwin, this magazine should live forever. It it's really very personal. Everybody gets to know everybody. New friends are formed, friendships are formed. It's a wonderful way of communication and to express opinions and facts and other information to people. Thank you very, okay. very much. And thank you for appearing on our program. Oh, yeah. And I, I love editing newsreel. It's a, it's I can tell just by with, some of the things I listen to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Job. And yeah. Kate's yeah. great as well. So yes. I want to commend her too at the same time. So thank you once again, Erwin. I want to mention briefly next week's guest is a gentleman by the name of Robert Sollers. He's been on this show many times in the past, and he had an experience this summer involving amputation, and he's going to take us through his experience with that. Ray, Peter, participants, and of course, Erwin, thank you again. And I would like all of you to go safe with God's abundant blessings. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>